Hey guys, it's um, December 14th and it's five o'clock and we are ready to rock and roll in room one. Looks like we have somebody already volunteering, so we will go ahead and dive on in. Um, hi, Donuts, can you, can you talk? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Thanks. So I figured I wanted to try to jump on tonight. Um, I, I sort of feel silly because it's stuff that I sort of need to just like think about and work through on my own, but I do better talking these things out loud and it's surgery related and I don't have anyone else in my life who really gets that. So I was hoping yeah, yeah. sort of talking through it can help me clarify some of my thoughts, I guess, that I have a lot of practice changes going on. So um, it, my first job out of residency ended up actually being, I got Donuts, we can't hear you. One little hospital that's great. Okay. And my office is right across the street and I live close by. And it's, you know, just been perfect. So I feel very, very fortunate in that. Um, along the way, had a couple kids and kind of realized that I really, you know, need a balance in my life, which I've always been the kind of person that really... Um, really just needs more of a balance anyways. I remember one of my med school friends pointing that out to me. He was like, are you sure you want to go into surgery? Because you're really the kind of person that needs more of a well-balanced life. <laughs> and I never knew what he meant by that. And now I guess I just sort of get it that I, I can't do all one thing. You know, like I love my job when I'm there, but I love being home when I'm home. And I, I'm better at both of them if I have a balance, you know. Okay. I mean, all of us do to a certain extent. But anyways, so I thought I found this place that would give me that perfect balance. So long story short, um, older white male partner who says he wants to retire, doesn't want to retire. I've talked a little bit about that and um, staffing issues. And it turns out I can't stay in his practice for my mental sanity's sake. Um, yeah. He's been an amazing partner, but just it's going to be more peaceful and pleasant. I think for both of us at the end of the day, if we have just our own staff and spaces and we just help cross cover each other in the hospital, you know? Okay. So we've had conversations about that. It actually went pretty well, you know, where it was like, you know, he was like, I'm sorry, this didn't work out. And like, no, I, you know, and I hope you know that I appreciate everything you've done for me, bringing in and, you know, mentoring me. And he's been really supportive, but I just, it's time that I have my own staff and my own, space and figure out how to do this on my own you know okay. so I've been kind of excited about that really figuring out all the pieces and um trying to just get all that set up um and then I get thrown kind of this curveball by the hospital so this little hospital that I work at that has actually a new administration that's surprisingly I like um the old hospital CEO was just oh terrible <laughs> um and burned a lot of things down to the ground and this new one he's like wow he's you know I can actually talk to him and mm -hmm. um so I have a lot of hope for it so I've been just so excited about you know lots of potential good things coming and he essentially just drops that um I've been trying to get more in, into robotics mm -hmm. and 
they've been talking about getting a robot and they were very serious about it and they say it's going to happen, but we just don't know the timeline. So I have this meeting with him last night or yesterday afternoon when it gets dark at four, it feels like nighttime. But, um, and he says, well, you know, I, I hate to break it to you, but we are going to get another one, but we're going to put it at the bigger hospital. So I'm at sort of the smaller satellite hospital and I've been kind of going back and forth to the bigger partner hospital to do my robotic cases, but I haven't really been doing as much of it as I would like. Like I'd really like to start growing that side of my practice more because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been kind of waiting to grow that side of my practice more until there's one here so that I can have that lifestyle bounce that I need where I'm not going back and forth and rounding it to different facilities. Um, Cause it's just, it's exhausting. That's just where I put my foot down. I'm not going to go back and forth and have inpatients at a bunch of different places when I don't really have partners who can help cover that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounded like they were going to go in here. So I'm like, great, that'll solve it. And then now it's like, all right, well, that timeline is pushed back like a couple of years. So I guess I'm trying to figure out sort of where that puts me as I'm sort of in this pivotal, like, do I really want to start a private practice kind of ground up and put all that energy and investment into that if they're not going to have all the resources that I need here, if I'm still going to have to go back and forth a lot? um, Is that kind of going to slowly kill me going back and forth a lot? Do I just sort of keep doing what I'm doing now where I sort of have just a stunted practice in that area with only outpatient cases so that I'm not having to go back and forth too much or come to some, I don't know, I guess. You want to just go (laughs) Right, exactly. I thought I had this perfect thing and it's not perfect. And so it just, it makes me realize that I, I don't know, I guess I just need to think about and really kind of talk through what are all my options because you know this group has been great but it's like I I have options I don't have to do one thing you know just because private practice seemed like something that I really um wanted to try maybe I do do more shift work that's at the other hospital that's right up the hill that's not that far away or maybe Mm -hmm. I take some of my cases up there where they do have everything, um, including the robotics that's, you know, not where I'm familiar with, and I'd probably lose some of my referral base. Um, Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's not a perfect situation either way, right? So I think just clarifying my my thoughts on which which losses do I take and being okay with that, I guess. Yeah, I I don't know. And how to negotiate it with the higher ups and things, you know, like how to play their game sort of. Of course, there's always room to I don't learn know. that. There's always room to learn that. But I think, you know, what's an interesting kind of, um, I don't know, like way, the way the story comes across the way you're telling it, like if we could give this story a title is like, well, like I almost had everything worked out, but it's just not going to be perfect the way I wanted it. Um, like how, what would you title the story <laughs> that you just told us? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I want my cake and to eat it too, right? Okay, I, that's perfect. That's perfect. But I'm going to have to compromise on something. So how yeah. do I, you know, decide that and 
you know, I think just because there are so many sort of just big decisions right now and I, I can choose whatever I want. So making sure right. that I know what all my options are and doing the best to make the best decision in the moment, you know? Right. So know. let's back up because what you just did and you illustrated for us is really crucial. And I think something that people can really learn from is we create this narrative, which is what your brain is supposed to do. It only sees what it wants to see. Then it looks for evidence to support the story. And then you can name the story, which you very succinctly did. I want to have my cake and eat it too. That's a great exercise that we can all use in our own lives when we're kind of getting stuck in one of these narratives and just kind of call yourself out a little bit because and by the way, there's nothing wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with all of this. This is just like brain's going to brain. That's just what they do. Yeah. But the thing is, is that there is an alternative way to approach this exciting new chapter in your life, really. Cause I'm, I'm, you had me at, I can't stay for my sanity. It's time to have my own space <laughs> and staff on my own. Like those are such powerful statements that you are like, putting your, it's like you're landing on the moon, you're planting the American flag. This is my moon. You know, it's so powerful the way you stated that stuff. And immediately I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. She can do anything she wants. And um, the reality of it is, is that none of us ever know, like we don't know how things are going to pan out. And so you just have to try shit and see what happens. It's like, yeah, okay, well, I got to keep going to the hospital up the hill. I'm just going to try that and try to make it work. I'm going to define what a balance looks like for me. And since I'm my own boss, I'm going to be able to determine how much I can really do. Like maybe I can do, maybe I can cluster cases there. Maybe I can only do one a week. You know, I don't know what that would look like. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that you're in charge and then you try to start it to figure it out. You do, you do, but none of us wants to do that. It's like, (laughs) you just need more data. So if this were a lab and you were in an experiment and the experiment was your practice in your life and this balance thing that you're talking about, you would have to gather data and you would have to assess the data, try to make meaning of it, and then try to move on to the next step. But what we want to do is just make it mean so much more. Like, I got to have it all figured out. I need to know what the answer is before I'm able to know what the answer is. Do you know what I mean? And it just gets so heavy. It gets so heavy and overwhelming. And then it makes us feel crappy. Um, Yeah. I guess I just want to know that I'm kind of really looking at what all my options are and choosing this for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, because so... Are the reasons? No, because it's scary I, to think of you know going on your own and starting your own practice, and it's an area that's kind of competitive. So I'm like, I, I realistically might not do well, and I I'm actually kind of okay with that, you know. And I've talked to my husband about it. Like, hey, this might not work, but I kind of have to try it. And yeah, I mean, what you said, you said I can't stay for my sanity. Now, I have the fortune of having a little bit more backstory. So me personally, like I kind of know a little bit more detail about what that actually looks like. And I'm like, yeah, man, get the F out. Um, But 
just for the sake of trying to stay objective, you know, just what are your reasons other than you can't stay for your sanity? Like it's well, so I don't think I can, so I can't stay in the specific practice that I'm in. I've just, I've kind of come to terms with that, 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 you know, as much as it was great for a while is not, you know, not the long-term option. So the option is pretty much either, all right, I really sink my teeth in and do a private practice on my own. And I stay in this community and I'm having to commute some still. And yeah, I figure out how to make that work better, maybe take less call or whatever, which means maybe I won't be able to afford it if I'm not taking as much call. And then I figure it out from there. Um, Or I look at my options for Mm -hmm. shift work at the other hospital, or I look at my options for staying in the private practice here, but taking patients up there. Or look at the option of just scrapping it all and doing like locums or something else, you know? Yeah. Um, the keyword. I think it's option. sort of, yeah, I think it's sort of almost daunting knowing that like we have options, you know, I think it almost goes from that like, <laughs> holy crap, I have no options other than the old white man's path to now like, holy shit, the options are endless. The <laughs> like, options are endless. Isn't these that are nuts? all the things I could do. It is. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it is sort of overwhelming. Though. It's like, wow, I have lots of options. So what do I, what do I pick? Where do I start? <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. No, that's like a really stupid problem. <laughs> no, 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 no. There are no stupid problems. So, you know, one thing we could talk about is headspace and stuff, but you're, you seem clear because you have, um, I'm not hearing like so much pain around this. I'm just hearing like you're navigating yeah. a decision yeah. or decisions. So that being said, I do think this is more like a line action line coaching because, you know, I've recently done this and it helped tremendously to have guidance from somebody who had done it. So I, there was a plastic surgeon in my community who left academics and, you know, did the whole shebang. There was also, um, an anesthesiologist who left a private practice group. So, I mean, I basically made them be my mentors. I just was pounding them with questions. The common thread general group might be a good place to like just post some of these. If you're just looking for information about options that I think that might be super helpful. And and if you're not comfortable sharing your name, then just post anonymously. That's not a big deal. Um, and then obviously the, the surgeon moms group is another good place. Um, I think it's more tailoring down the options to like, okay, well, what do I really want? And I know that takes just yeah. you know getting quiet and listening and not being scared of the answer sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing um, that, you know, you just may want to. It's also for that. like the specific community where there is kind of these weird politics and like another mm-hmm. kind of big aggressive group. And it's sort of like, how do I navigate all that? That I don't know. There's not really like necessarily anyone to give advice on that. The funny know? thing is, is you already are. Do you see, like you told us how you're like already kind of learning how to communicate with this new CEO or whoever it is, the new person at the hospital. It's yeah. like, yeah, he's like way better and a lot easier to talk to. So that implies that you're having some communication with him. I mean, you're already doing it. You're already a doctor in, in these hospitals. You're already taking care of patients. You've already 
navigated kind of a tricky relationship with this person that you started with. And you told us that that has actually gone well with kind of, you know, sort of disengaging yourself from him. Um, So that whole politic thing, like you're already doing it. You're in, it's in process. Like it, it's like you're, it's like it's unfolding. And the idea of unfolding is kind of nice because that's what our lives really do. Our lives just unfold and we can, we can feel, um, you know, more confident or more secure knowing everything about these options, but it's a false, it's, it's basically a a perceived sense of security because we all know shit can go down at any time. Um, but so just keep that in mind. And then also on, in, really understand your reasons why for doing things because if you are super solid in your reasons why and then you can always go back to your reason why then when you start to get scared or you start to feel unsure you can just bolster yourself with like no no this is why I'm doing this this is important for this reason and I am going to stick to it you know, and you can share that with us if you want to or not, but all that really matters is that you like your reasons why. Yeah. But honestly, it sounds like you kind of have it like all, it's all like in the process of being figured out. Yeah. I don't like that it's still a process though. Well, it's always yeah, like going to be a process. Things to be figured out. <laughs> I know. I know. That's so funny. This goes Which, back yeah, is to what that. it comes down to. Yeah. It does. And we it's are. It's the journey. There's not an answer. <laughs> well, we're, we're trained. Kind of frustrating. To um, reach milestones. We're trained to reach milestones. We're trained to like think everything is going to be fine when we reach an X milestone. And that's just also completely false. It's the arrival fallacy. It's like all over psychology. And there is no place to arrive. It's at your tombstone. That's the only place we arrive is when we die. So it, the rest of it, though, is this this process. And I think yeah, the sooner we can... The journey. Exactly. You got it. The sooner we can wrap our minds around, oh, yeah, uh it's all just going to be unfolding. And even when it feels like I arrived, things are still going to be unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. And just because one thing didn't happen on the timeline I wanted it to doesn't necessarily mean it's worth throwing everything away. That's correct. And here's something that's even more fun about that. When stuff doesn't happen in the timeline that you wanted it to or expected it to, take a look to see all the good things that happened because of that or what you gained because of the way like things didn't go the way you wanted. Um, Cause that's another tool you can use to retrain your mm-hmm. brain to not be so, you know, hard and fast stuck to the way we want things to go down. Cause I kind of feel like this might sound a little, yeah. but there, there is, it seems at some time, there's like a force at play that we have no control over. and more often than not especially if we're looking at looking for it you can find some way in which you benefited from something not going your way yeah i'm not saying you have to you don't know it in the moment you don't but 
In fact, we're usually yeah. pissed in the moment. We're so mad and right. and disappointed. Um, but you know, that's a, it's just nice. It's just nice to be able to expand your view and always be like looking for the bigger picture and lo- looking for like, what can I really learn? What are the silver uh, linings at least? And yeah. yeah, like, and how are these things bringing you closer to who you want to be? Because ultimately that's like the best journey to be on. It's like to get closer to who you want to be or the truest version of you, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I guess it's just kind of making me think a little bit more about these questions so I can get more clear on why I want to do this. Yeah, that's the juice. And that I do still want to do it. It just stinks that I can't have my cake and eat it too all at the same time, but I have to wait a little bit. <laughs> right. It Not in the form that you think it's I'm in. a human. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not in the super narrow form that you're thinking about, but what are the other ways you get to cake, have your cake and eat it too? Because I bet you, if you really looked at the whole thing and said, well, what are the other ways here that I can have my cake and eat it too? There's probably other ways you could come up with, aside from the robotic thing, which is one small part of the overarching picture. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, you don't have to do it right now, but that just might be another kind of fun thing to think about when you're going through these things, because the the story, you know, that we tell ourselves just becomes our truth. And what if it's not true? What if there are other details that we're not able to see because we're not looking for them? And um, you have this opportunity right now to kind of have a 30,000 foot view and really, really learn about yourself, about your community, about the politics, about communication, about robotics, about all of it. I don't know if we lost us. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. Yeah. No, and you're probably like, but true. I don't want that. I just want a balanced life. <laughs> no. Well, it just, I mean, it, it does throw the curveball that I'm going to have to figure out. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like I said, maybe just really figuring out how to be more intentional and very, very clear about how mm-hmm. much and when I will take call and how much I will and won't go up to the other facility. And Oh my gosh. What an amazing opportunity to set up boundaries for yourself. Yeah. That's boundaries fantastic. are hard. <laughs> it, we're not boundaries used to doing it, right? <laughs> we are, um, we're completely I mean, this conditioned. Whole thing, yeah, has been, yeah. Yeah. This whole thing has been a journey in figuring out boundaries and what my boundaries as far as practicing mm-hmm. balance with life is but for sure and yeah it's just we're, gonna add a whole nother layer to it mm-hmm. we're conditioned to not have them and so it's a lot of learning and it's work but it's super worth it yeah okay donuts i hope that that's as clear as mud for you <laughs> <laughs> actually i hope not i hope it's clear um <laughs> Thanks. All right. Let's see if there's somebody else who wants to add or say something. I'm going to go ahead and disable talking for donuts. Um, I'm hoping that there are people in our group that might want to offer donuts information about the options, because that seems to be something that she was looking for. Um, it really helped me to understand 
how it looked from somebody else who had kind of navigated it just before me. And it turns out I'm not doing things like her. I'm doing things my own way, but it was just nice to have somebody who had sort of taken some steps. Um, Okay, so we are ready for the next volunteer. If anybody's ready to go. um... I'm going to just ask if there's anybody that has anything they want to talk about. Tonight. Anybody else? We're taking volunteers. Holly Jolly. Hi, Holly Jolly. Hi. How are you doing? Good. My kids are in the background, so if you uh, hear them. <laughs> I love having kids in the background. Yeah. I'm surprised my own kids in not in the background. Yeah, right. Yeah, what's going um, on? Uh, not, well, something that is a, a big pain for, point for me, which I mm-hmm. keep coming back to, I can't seem to break those neural pathways very well. <laughs> Okay. Um, in it, so we're ha- I'm having this experience right now. That's why it's stressing me out. Okay. So when and people come do work on my house, I've had a couple of bad experiences, and I'm having one now mm. um, where they didn't do a very good job, and they're not doing a very good job fixing it. And I paid them a lot of money, and I fully well know that I could just hire someone else and get the problem fixed possibly and just mm-hmm. throw more money at it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I already paid money makes me want to get that person to fix it. And, mm. I, you know, um, and so I, I've, I've been thinking and I, I get really, really pissed off at getting what I feel to be as like ripped off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you're paying like, more than money. You're paying like yes. emotional energy. Yes. yes. And I, I would love to leave that emotional energy at the door. And every time it happens, I say I'm going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but then I have a hard time with that. Okay. Um, so if paid money is in the sea line, what, like, what do you think and feel about that? You're mad, it sounds like. Yes, I get very mad. So what's the thought that's creating mad? Uh. Like the thought, I feel like that they like cheated me or mm-hmm. that they like didn't care enough to do what they were supposed to. I, you know, something along those lines or that, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I get that. Okay. So they cheated me or, um, Oh my gosh. I always do this. I start saying words and then I can't remember what you said. They didn't respond. What did you say? Yeah. I said that they, they, um, I said they didn't care enough to do a good job, even though I paid them well for it. Kind of that's what I was trying to say. Okay. All right. So then you get mad and then what do you do? You stew about it. Oh, I stew. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, you don't hire somebody new. Right. Yep. What else? 
Uh, I annoy my family and friends because I talk to them ad nauseum about it because I have trouble just, it's my way of like trying to get rid of those feelings, but then they get annoyed because I just keep doing it over, (laughs) talking to them over and over about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it sounds like you end up kind of cheating yourself out of like a good lived experience in those moments. You mean like just learning from it? No, not even just learning from it, but just, you know, like our thoughts, just for everybody who, you know, may need a refresher on the models, like our, this, this person, Holly Jolly is triggered by paying money to somebody and then the job not being done to a certain degree of satisfaction. And so then Holly Jolly's triggered by that. And the thoughts are, they cheated me or they didn't care enough to do a good job. And of course, then that's going to create a feeling in this case is mad. There may be frustration. There may be, you know, maybe more intense than that, but I think that's probably sums it up. And then of course your feelings are going to drive you to do, to act. And Mm -hmm. like, well, we stew about it. And when we're stewing, that's when we're having the thought loop. And usually in the thought loop, we're judging because that's what we do. And that's Mm -hmm. what we do. It's like, we're like, okay, they, they're terrible. They did such a crappy job. They obviously don't care. Why am I held to such a high standard? Nobody else can be held to a high standard. Yep. Yep. Um, (laughs) All those things. You know, like yada, yada. And it goes on and on and on and on. And then we also are like kind of stuck because we're not hired. We're not like solving the problem because what's the problem? Mm -hmm. The problem is this project at your house isn't completed to your satisfaction. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also like going on to family, you know, and you said annoy your families and friends. That's probably more judgment, just more like rehashing the internal dialogue out loud with your family and friends. Yes. So that yeah. everything in the action line is literally how you show up to the situation. It's yeah. like what you're living. It's what you're experiencing in those times. So that creates a result, which is your experience of it really effing sucks. Because, yes. oh, sorry, are your children listening? No, they're they're in another room now. It oh, doesn't right. matter. They hear that word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it really, it really sucks. And so, you know, your original thought is, is they cheated me. And then the actions and all that stuff, like, are so consuming that you get cheated out of your actual, like, experience of life. Like mm-hmm. it's gone. It's just now sucked up into the vortex of drama about this project. Yes. So that's great. And we can like use that as a nice example of the model for people and really mm-hmm. just sit here and be like, okay, so what's the real problem? You mean like, what do you think the real problem is uh, with my thoughts? You mean, or just like any of it? Like, I know when I look at that, I'm like, well, the issue is, is that this really sucks to like be feeling stuck in this kind of a vortex. Like I called it, like, it's not actually a big problem to have an incomplete project at your house because you can just hire somebody else to do it. But it's like, it goes against your principles or something. (laughs) <laughs> it does. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, yeah. Cause like the interesting thing is, is my husband is the completely opposite. He would uh-huh. just throw money at it until it was fixed and not be bothered at it at all. Whereas I am like, 
I like, I, I have a really hard time feeling like I need to try to get that person to fix it because I already paid them the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so what if they can't fix it? Like, what if it's just not going to happen? Yeah. Then I would have to just move on. <laughs> yeah. Figure out how to fix it. So what would it take for you to be like, well, they're just not capable. Yeah. So that, that I could understand. And so then, yeah, where it, it bothers me is, yeah, that I feel like because I paid them so much money that I shouldn't just let that go. It's some like belief I have that's not necessarily that's made up. Well, who says you have to let it go? Can you get a refund? Um, possibly if they want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, so let's talk a little bit about values now, because the feeling, the mad, right, is probably because there's something in your value system that's pinging you. Yeah. There's like some principle here that's at stake. That's why it hurts so much. That's why it's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So is there a way... Or what would it look like for you to stay true to your value system and also just move on from them? Yeah, like if they gave me a refund, then I probably would be fine with it and I would just go find someone else. It'd be a pain, but I wouldn't be so upset about it. Okay, so is that a po- is that an option? I could try. I could ask. I haven't yet with this particular situation. So let's in another see. situation, I tried and they wouldn't. Yeah. So I had to just move on. You know, that's what I suspect they're going to do, too. I mean, we're just being I'm just like trying to play out scenarios here. So let's assume you, you know, ask for a refund. They do not. Yeah. Right. And so, like, what would it take for you to just decide they're not capable? It's just not going to happen. Like, what would it take? Um, I mean, I could, I guess I could just do that. I don't know that it would take much of anything except for me just deciding. Right. And also, I wonder how the principle that you have, you know, that's, I don't know how we would articulate it. Um, Maybe you could for us about like paying this money and not getting the thing in return. It's like a contract, you know, it's like somebody's not in their contract. Well, the way that your lived experience is kind of getting robbed by all of this. It's like you, you are also not really, um, it's like, it's like sacrificing that commitment you have to yourself for spending all this energy in the principle of the matter with the other company. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense the way I said that. Yeah. Like there's a trade-off. So there is a trade-off. You have yeah. the, you have the option to redirect your principle to yourself. Uh-huh. Like and I wonder if there would be any room for that or what that would look like for you. Yeah. Like if I think about it rationally, that's what I want to do. I want to just like say that my like peace of mind or whatever is, is more important Mm -hmm. than getting what I feel like I deserve out of this person. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I keep, I keep trying to use that thought and, and there's, it's, it's like, I feel like this one goes really deep. <laughs> like that. Well, I, yeah. Like, I mean, we've had other conversations around this, so I, I yeah. think I understand where you're coming from and it comes down because we've talked, I think you were the one we were talking about, like reading a book on a doc or something <laughs> like deserving the piece to sit just yeah. Read- yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We've had that conversation before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's interesting how we are so willing to sacrifice something that's important for us, like our peace. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not easy to un to, to unwrap that. It's really not. And um, you know, I think trying over and over again is really great. So, um, sorry, it's really yeah, loud she here. She sounds like she's not having peace either. She's probably upset that the construction project is. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. That's okay. Are there any ways that you could describe that you do honor something for yourself? I'm so sorry about that. It's future feminine surgery. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm I'm so sorry. Can you just give me one, like, like thirty seconds? Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I have the chat turned on for this call, but this is a topic that runs deep for a lot of us. It's like, we don't, like, we're just willing to sacrifice our own comfort, our own peace, our own sanity, our own X, Y, or Z for other things. In this case, it's like the principle of the matter or um, sometimes other people's comfort etc. So it's probably worth digging into a little bit. And hopefully Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, no I worries. Just okay for a little while. No problem. So anyway, I was just asking like are there any areas in your life where you have been able to uh really kind of like honor something for yourself? I have been better you brought up that other example. I have been better at increasing my um like the value for leisure. Does that make sense? You know, like feeling like it's valuable. Mm-hmm. So how, how um, this is super cool. And I love that you use the word value for that because what we're talking about in your current situation is like a value thing, right? Like you didn't get right. your value from this company. Right. So yeah. how have you done that? How have you increased the importance of value regarding like reading or other things? for yourself? Yeah. So part of it is just because that's the type of person I am, I've actually looked into the data on it (laughs) that it does help us um, like survive and live better and be healthier and all that type of stuff, you know, and that it's been a part of like humanity forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and part of it is practicing it more. Yeah. So, um, and therefore seeing those benefits you know, mm-hmm. um, 
and go on, keep going. Oh, I was gonna say, and, um, uh, yeah, I think the practice, not only of, of doing the leisure, but also of the thoughts, like, you know, re redirecting those thoughts a lot when I, you know, start to feel guilty about it or feel like it's not worthwhile. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. You just keep laying down tracks on that new pathway, on the new mm -hmm. pathway. So how could getting this construction project just done and off the books and done to your mm -hmm. satisfaction, mm -hmm. how could that contribute in the same way to your well-being? A lot, because then it's off my list. <laughs> yeah. So where's, where's the greater value? Having the damn thing off your list or getting your money's worth from these people who probably can't finish it anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a new, like, like thought for me. So that's a new thing that I need to practice is that it's not about trying to get people like trying to get your money's worth, but more about what's better for me. Yeah. And like that will be getting your money's worth if the thing gets done. It might right. have costed more because you have to hire somebody new. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But, but then you you get to just release the anger and frustration and that they should be doing this. And then, and then, and then, that's the thing that's really compromising your well being. It's not the money. Yeah. No, it's not the money. It's more the. I do have this deep underlying belief that um, people should like perform at a certain level, you know? Sure. And so when they don't, I get upset, especially if they have the balls to charge a lot of money for it. <laughs> there's, there's that, there's this belief in my head that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's pretty common and we are, and that's my manual. Yeah, it is. But I mean, there's a reason for that and that's okay. Right. We are held to a really high standard too. Yeah. And like yeah. there are plenty of times when I'm like, I wish they would just see I'm a human being. Right. Not, like it's really unfair to be held to this super high standard. Now, I also am not saying that it's right to be charging block money and stuff if they cannot complete the thing, but right. just kind of talking and unpacking it a little bit like this just kind of loosens up the grip on yeah. them being bad. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that helps, but I really think the well-being piece is worth considering because this energy that is being, that you're living in around it is not good. Mm -hmm. it yeah, that's a good point. It, it is. I I think my own personal well-being, and I think we're taught to self-sacrifice. I think yeah. as, and I, I think in general society we are, but even more as physicians, we're like fed a martyr script, you know? Yeah. And so that is, it is very far down on my list. And so I don't value it as much. You know, I feel like, oh, well, that doesn't matter. What matters is this principle. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so I, you say that, but in my first it doesn't like, it should resonate, but it, it doesn't a lot, you know? So, right. Yeah. Because it's, it's years of conditioning that just doesn't go away with a snap of a finger. Yeah. And I feel like 
sometimes we sort of have to chew on stuff for a while and really kind of understand, you know, or, and understand like what this value that you hold so tightly yeah. The principle, the principle that, you know, it's the principle of the thing, like, okay, well, what's that all about? And like, why don't I have that same principle toward my own well-being? Like why, you right. know, and yeah, you can just decide to fire them, hire new people and, and get it going. And that's all fine and good but that doesn't really like unpack what's going on in your head. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I really want to do. I want to get to the root of it because then the next time it happens, I'll have at least some sort of like baby pathway. <laughs> that I can, sure. You know? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you're hitting on it though, because we all have our own answers. Like we really do. And we all know how to find our own answers. And the fact that you, did research around the other thing we were discussing and like you got data and like you fed yourself information that you needed to understand something. And that brought you to like a new level of your own internal wisdom. And Mm -hmm. there's, this isn't different. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Well, like, how can I now apply what I just did in this other situation to this new situation? So yeah. you're, I think, on the right track. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I mean, I didn't even cross my mind to, like, elevate the value of my well-being to, you know, what I, this other, like, yeah. principle. Yeah. Yes, the cost of energy. Yes. Something we mm-hmm. cannot really put a price on. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally true. Okay. Thank you, Holly Jolly. You are awesome. No. Okay. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Disable talking. Okay. We have enough time for one more person. If anybody else wants to pop on, that would be fantastic. Okay. We have Alice in Wonderland. That could be the coolest name ever because I think the spelling is really, really awesome here. Oops. I hit the wrong button, Alice. Stand by. Okay. Hi, Alice. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. What can we talk about tonight? Um, I was hoping to talk a little bit about mentorship. Um, I think some of the uh, current issues I've been having relate to challenges with like kind of developing those relationships. Um, So my final year of residency, and I I guess I, I don't know, I kind of just thought that these relationships would maybe naturally have improved by now um <laughs> I, I think you're right <laughs> false assumptions um, I, I guess I've always had kind of a hard time um, connecting with some of the people who are supposed to be my mentors like based on the subspecialty that I'm going into okay um and I think that there's an element of this that very much hinges on some of my own personality traits um but there's also kind of a component that relates to like their attitude and behavior mm-hmm. um I'm not the most outgoing person. Like in prior to this stage of life, I've kind of always sort of had to rely on myself to solve my own problems. And I didn't really feel like I'd, I could trust or rely on other people for advice. And so I've had a particularly hard time asking for guidance, like with respect to bigger picture things like career decisions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, it's kind of because I get caught in this, this thought loop, I think, where, where I start 
thinking like I should have already figured out the answers to these questions and they're going to judge me and write me off. And so I have to figure this out before I ask anything. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I developed this complex, like where I think that people don't want to help because I'm being, or, or that I'm being an inconvenience by asking for time. And, mm-hmm. um, and this is sort of compounded by the fact that they're, that these individuals are not the most approachable. Um, and so I have an even harder time kind of letting my guard down around them. And I think that then makes me come off as like cold or disinterested um, yeah. when it's really just because I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. And um, I don't know, I just like, I have another co-resident who's going into the same subspecialty who's very bro is not bothered by like this volatility at all. And they've just really taken kind of an interest in him and his future. And and I know he's like taken more initiative in developing like this sort of mentorship relationship than I have. Um, but I don't really know how to, I guess, like let myself be vulnerable and ask for guidance when I don't really feel, I guess, like safe, if, if that makes sense. Because like I legitimately care what they think. I just don't know how to show that. And it just kind of makes me feel like there's something wrong with me because I can't connect with them, you know. Um, yeah, this is a really important question that you're bringing up. So I'm very happy that you brought this up. Um, I think that the system, you know, the big system is, is what it is and it is designed to work really, really well for some people. And it's been upheld by people kind of behaving in that way for many, many years. And now we're having this opportunity to really challenge that. Um, And so I really love that you're bringing this up specifically because you described yourself as kind of a more reserved person, perhaps even introverted a little bit, or somebody who's been independent, self-reliant. Um, and then you described your other colleague as broy, which is a kind of like an adjective I would use to describe, like, quote, the system. Um, and I might be off base here because I know not everybody has like the same experience with that, but I'm an orthopedic surgeon, so it is very broy. Um, I'm an orthopedics, yes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so. Okay, well, then it makes perfect sense. And I know we have at least one other orthopedic surgeon on tonight. I would be delighted to get her um input on this, but, um, okay. So sorry. I just like vomited words at you. And now I'm thinking, what's the issue? The issue is you have mentors. You do not feel close to your mentors and you want to. I mean, I want, I want to want to, um, you know, I just, I feel like I, I have a really hard time connecting with some of maybe their personality traits and values. And like, there's definitely a lot about them that I respect. And there's some things that I think frustrate me um, and just make it hard, hard for me to feel okay being myself. Yes. Um, Do you have a specific example you could share that's um, like, has enough detail, but nothing personal, obviously? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like, I guess an example in in what way like Like an instance that's come up recently where you know you you felt like you couldn't be yourself um I mean I think I don't know I mean I I feel like you know I just I have a much easier time like I, I guess here like 
if I'm in the OR with some of the, some of the more, we could call them approachable faculty, I'm very comfortable, like Mm -hmm. laughing a little bit, talk, like having like just a, you know, conversation and while, while kind of like we work and operate, Uh, whereas I don't feel comfortable doing that with them because I feel like if I slip up or do something not perfect that, you know, it's going to be perceived as like, I'm, I'm goofing off or not, not focusing or like, I don't care if that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, it does. And I get that because everybody's kind of like a little bit different in the OR and there are some people who are more serious. Like I wouldn't dare in some of the spine cases I did, I wouldn't dare, you know, like sing or carry on. But then in some of the trauma cases I did, it was like nothing but singing and carrying on. So, um, I really think it would be useful maybe if we could set up a model around this, hopefully I can do this and get it right for you. So if we put like mentor relationship in the circumstance line, and by the way, what is your, um, what is your idea of a mentor? Like, what does mentor mean to you? Um, I mean, it's somebody who I could go to with, I feel like questions, not just, not just like about, you know, medicine stuff and surgery stuff, but like, if I'm like how to figure out what I want in a practice or what I want in a career or, you know, like what, what questions should I even be asking? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I I mean, it does make perfect sense. And so when Mm -hmm. you like the mentors that you're speaking of, where you say I'm being an inconvenience or they're not approachable, is that somebody that you chose or is it somebody that was chosen for you? Um, it's the people who are going into my subspecialty. Oh, okay. So they're the only ones available. The people who are in my subspecialty that I'm going into. Sorry. So these unapproachable, you know, the unapproachable people are the only ones available to talk to. Correct. Yes. (laughs) That's not convenient (laughs) at all (laughs) for you. I mean, (laughs) it's not optimal. So which thought do you think, like, Let's just pick one. I wrote two down. One's I'm being an inconvenience. Two is they are not approachable. Which one do you think is more? I think the the actually I, I find myself being an inconvenience. Like like I don't I don't feel comfortable just a- approaching people in general with with that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And then it's just compounded by the fact that like I never I don't feel like we get to a point where we're relaxed enough in any sort of conversation where I could just ask a question. Yeah. And then this is where you you have witnessed the, a more relaxed, conversant relationship between the broy guy and the oh people. yeah yeah okay, all the time. Okay, mm-hmm. I think I'm understanding it more clearly now. Okay, so what when you think the thought I'm being an inconvenience, how do you feel? Um, frustrated and like there's something wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. So then you have like an internal dialogue. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And you walk on eggshells. What else do you do? Um, I just, I, I feel like I become hyper cautious and I, I get, I get more reserved and more quiet. Like, you know, I just become more nervous about making mistakes or slipping up. Yeah. Um, and so then the result is, is what? 
like there there's a bigger divide i think it's like a it's like an mm-hmm. invisible space between you and this person who could be a mentor there's a bigger space so i can see absolutely yeah okay so we're we're just going to say like uh increase distance okay now i'm not saying that this is wrong because I don't know these people. Like I've never seen you guys interact. And all I know is that when we are in relationship, which we are in relationship all the time, the only thing that we can really be responsible for is our part of it. So we can have all these thoughts about how they're not approachable or they're broy or they're X, Y, or Z. They're serious. Um, they're, you know, we can assume they're going to not like us and stuff like that. But the reality is, is we don't know. Because they're an adult that's going to have their own thoughts and feelings and their own model going on. Now, unfortunately, in the system that we have, a lot of times it doesn't favor us. It's not really built for us. But how can we at least help you with your side, your half of the relationship with helping you feel more confident or more deserving of the mentorship, because honestly, a lot of times what I see with residents, I see like we're taught to kind of cower to these people. But the reality is, is they have a responsibility to you as a resident. And like, we don't ever see it that way, that we're the ones that they owe us. You know, if I were a resident, like they owe you, do you know what I mean? Like we never Mm -hmm. look at it that way, but they do. They're educating you to be a surgeon. So anyway, I, I kind of like got off on a tangent there a little bit, but how would you like to have, like, how would you like to show up to your half of the relationship? Like, I think I, I want to be able to show up with less and be like, be less self-conscious, like be less concerned with, you know, I guess whatever judgment they may or may not have like to just feel comfortable just I don't know putting myself out there and asking whatever I need to ask yeah so I'm gonna switch I'm we're gonna create an intentional model for you now I'm gonna switch frustrated to deserving because that's Mm -hmm. the truth you deserve to have mentorship in your residency Mm -hmm. so what would you need to think to feel deserving. Um, that I've worked hard to get here. I earn like that. that I'm, that I'm I, good enough. Yeah, I earn this. I earn this. I'm good enough. They owe me. I'm going to say that for you. <laughs> It really pisses me off when people are, <laughs> it, it makes me mad because it is incumbent upon the attending to nurture and develop and cultivate the surgeon. Ugh, I'm just like, it's so, here's where I'm not going to have any sort of like perspective because this really, really makes me upset um, when residents are in need of mentorship and they're not able to get it. Now, hopefully there are other people outside of your institution that you have Mm -hmm. trust and faith in. Um, But anyway, so what thought do you think is something that you could actually believe right now 
I earned this. I'm good enough. They owe me. I mean, I think I'm good enough. Yeah. The other thing I just wanted to add is, and I'm sorry, guys, it's six o'clock and we're going to run over a little bit. So if you have to go, I totally get it. But I really, really want to see this through with Alice in Wonderland here. Um, like, how can you stay true to yourself and also stake your claim? You know, it's like you don't have to, like, fold into this bro version of yourself and be fake. You know, like, what would that look like to stay true to who you are and also stand in, like, I earned this and I'm good enough? I mean, I think I'd probably just have to come off as, like, more, as more confident, realistically, Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of just be comfortable putting myself out there. I mean, I do think that that's something that they would respect, but, um, Yeah. Yeah, they probably would more so than, you know, jokes and mm-hmm. other stuff. Like this is a serious person who has serious questions. Okay. So if you felt deserving, then what would you do? Um, I mean, I'd probably just find a way to like, approach them in a, in a more casual setting, like, you know, between cases to just, to just talk. Yeah. That's such a great thing to say. So find a way, right? That's so powerful. You don't have to know the right answer right now. You can find a way. So maybe it's between cases. Maybe you make an appointment with them. You know, maybe you say, you know, Hey, is, is there a good time when we could really talk seriously about these things so Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like getting their input on what, when would be a good time. Like you can figure that out. Okay. What else would you do if you felt deserving? Um, I feel like I'd be more comfortable like asking for their feed, their feedback on cases that I've done, you know, Or like asking, you know, why, why they did certain things. And so like, just, I feel like asking more questions. (laughs) Yeah. And here's what it's something I'd like to just add. Sometimes we have to do that, even if it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So you may not feel more comfortable. Like, even if you're like, you know, I deserve this. It may still feel really uncomfortable because it, it is what it is after all. But it's like, how am I going to have my own back? Even if it is uncomfortable. Well, you just got to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, anything else that you'd like to add if you felt deserving? No, I think that's probably. Yeah. Ideal. Yeah. So then the result is, is you claim your half of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So at least at the end of the day, you knew, you know, you did what you could do. You were Mm -hmm. your authentic self. You were not fake. You were serious. Like, you know, you're, you have approached the whole thing with integrity. Now the rest Mm -hmm. the ball will be in their court for their half of the relationship, but that's all we ever have control of anyway. And Mm -hmm. I wish it were not like that. I would really love to see if tree of lights would add to this. Um, tree of lights. I'm not sure what you're doing, but 
you're a very wise person. And I'm wondering if you have anything to add. Can you say something if I allow you to talk? Now you're on the spot, but you don't have to talk if you don't want to. You know that we can't see what you name us, right? Oh, nope. Didn't, didn't know. <laughs> so you always have to sort of guess, like, is she talking to me? <laughs> so Alice in Wonderland, you're a resident? Yeah, she's, yes. she's a chief. Oh, dear God in heaven, I just want to give you a hug. I know. <laughs> I thought I was the only person who felt like I couldn't connect. And why aren't these people mentoring me? And why is it so easy for everybody else? And I grew up in a place where asking for help was a sign of weakness. And we were taught not to. We were taught that networking was a dirty word. And so I was taught, you don't ask anybody for help. You rely on yourself. Mm -hmm. And all I can tell you, Alice in Wonderland, is that's bullshit. (laughs) And you don't have to be a bro. Even though our field is very bro-y, I'm dealing with my own bro-y shit at work right now. I almost raised my hand, but I decided (laughs) not to tonight. (laughs) Um, You don't have to be a bro. And one of the things that Jess has taught me is... We have a right to be who we are, and we are valid orthopedic surgeons. Whether or not we fit in the stupid stereotype of what an orthopedic surgeon is. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you have to act like the other residents in order to be deserving or to find a good mentor. Uh, I hope you're part of our women in ortho group because (laughs) you can and will find mentors there. Um, yeah. Do you mind telling what what's your chosen field? Do you mind telling us? Uh, trauma. I mean, good lord, there are so many amazing trauma women in that group. No. I mean, Lisa Kanata <laughs> yes. is one She's of the great. most open, generous people I have ever. I've never actually met her because honestly, I was too shy to say hello to her when I saw her at the last academy meeting, which <laughs> <laughs> is really embarrassing. But but my point is, if you're not finding the support you want in your residency. We have an unbelievable network. Go outside it and just reach out to any of us, whether we're in your specialty or not. You can say, hey, I'm in need of a mentor about these things. And we can help direct you to a person who's going to help you. Um, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of all of you who are still in training and have the women of ortho group. Like, how different would my life have been 10 years ago or 15 years ago mm-hmm. if I had had that sort of support. So anyway, I don't know. Thank you. You don't have to be a bro. Just be yourself. You deserve our support and you deserve mentorship and you're going to be fine. Just find it somewhere else if they're not decent enough to give it to you. This is such a great, you know, lesson is like you have the option to be true to yourself and we do not need to morph ourselves into this fake version of ourselves. And the more people who do that consistently, the more we're going to start tearing down. It's going to be like Jenga. It's going to be like pushing (laughs) blocks of Jenga. And then finally, the whole thing is going to come tumbling down. But it's just going to take each of us doing our part, showing up as our authentic self. Yeah. And so like what Tree of Lights is saying, if, you know, I would love it if you found mentorship in your home institution, all you can really have any control over or responsibility for is your half of what, how you show up to it. 
And unfortunately, then the, the, or fortunately, I don't know, the, the rest of it is in the other person's court. And we just, I think you being who you want to be increases your likelihood of getting the mentorship that you're really looking for. And that's going to be helpful to you, right? If you're not being your authentic self, then the mentorship or whatever advice they give you isn't going to be useful. Like you have to be true Mm -hmm. to who you are in order to be able to find the mentor who's right for you. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so we're a little bit over and Moana raised her hand also. I wasn't sure if she wanted to comment on, um, Alice in Wonderland situation or if you had something else you wanted to talk about. That's it. I was just going to say, I can totally empathize and, um, I'll, I'll make this quick, but I was in an institution where there were, there were a lot of malignant personalities. Mm. Um, the person in my subspecialty actually was not malignant, but I didn't really jive with him at the time. Now we're actually very collegial and I wouldn't consider him a mentor, but I would not have any qualms about kind of reaching out to him. He was just a little more removed. um, So I just didn't feel a lot of mentorship. Mm -hmm. I actually got a mentor that was from one of our outside institutions that we rotated with um, and actually now work with him as a partner. So I don't know if you have any kind of affiliated faculty, but otherwise, um, you know, there's also a huge opportunity to have a good mentor and fellowship um and mm-hmm. i think a lot of people end up with their most prominent mentors from fellowship so yes um obviously mm-hmm. reach out to your you know utilize the mentorship that you can have for now don't freak out if it's not the person in your subspecialty at your institution just yeah. you know whatever resources you have that that um that you can create organically are going to be the best ones just just like um tree of life was mentioning um, because it has to be a natural relationship and it might not be that they're bad people. It might just be that you don't jive and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but they, you can still find mentorship with people outside of your specialty just to find out like, Hey, how did, you know, once you're out in practice, how did you build a practice? You still pick that stuff up from those people. You can look at people on the women of ortho group and then you can get people from fellowship. And if you don't super get along with the folks in your subspecialty in residency, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. That was like a virtual hug around this cheek. Yes. Things are wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, don't, guys. Don't. You're not alone, Alice. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and I apologize to anybody if I made some stereotypes around spine and trauma. That was my own experience. <laughs> um, it's totally true, but I sing in my ORs. Uh, I guess I've blown my cover, but um, I sing in my OR all the time. So, you know, come to my OR sometime. Let's <laughs> see a fun spine OR. <laughs> I know. I don't think, I mean, you know, anyway, we could talk ad nauseum about that, but you get the picture. Okay, I'll guys. Everybody get off. That was super good. Thank you so much. Good night. Thank you, guys. Thank you.